You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right. <laughs> All right. So as we continue this whole discussion about our faith and growing up spiritually, um, tonight my question to us is um, a simple one. We have established in the last two Wednesdays that... Uh, our walk with God is premised upon grace. So Ephesians chapter 2, our Bible says that for by grace are you saved through faith. That is not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, we've said that, look, come, this whole thing is because we have received grace from God. All right? Um, and then we said last week that John chapter 1, 14, 15, 16, 17. The Bible says that Jesus became to us grace or full of grace and of truth. And so we said, look, there is the reception, okay, or do we receive grace. We receive the ability to please God. And then we also receive truth that then does a walk in our soul. Okay, what Paul will call in Romans chapter 12 uh, from verse 2, the renewal of your mind. All right, so when Jesus will pray in John 15, or will talk to us in John 15, he says, if you abide in me, okay, we participate of his grace. He says, and my words abide in you. All right, he says, you will come to this place where you're able to ask God for things, you're able to speak things, and they are. All right, and, and this is important because it makes the difference between a fruitful and an unfruitful Christian life. It takes us beyond the place where we are just coming to church to the place where we are actually bearing fruit. Okay, um, today, if, if you're not here on Sunday, we talked about, uh, about eternal life, we talked about heaven, right. Um, and we talked about the fact that when we receive Jesus, the Bible says we receive eternal life, and that that life is then lived both here in time and in the life to come. Okay, we spoke about the promise and the hope that we have for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so tonight um, I want to progress that thought a bit. I want us to read out of Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen. Yep, all the way to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, all the way to 21. Right, it says, um, that's one of the most popular uh, verses of scripture in the Bible. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, all things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled to also to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 19, that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And verse 21, for he, speaking of God, made him, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That he made him who knew no sin, become sin for us, 
that we through him may become the righteousness of God in him. All right, so someone please say after me, say, I am the righteousness of God. Okay, help me tell the person next to you, since you don't want to say it. Tell them, you are the righteousness of God. Okay. Um, just look for one more scripture, I think Romans chapter 5. And over this couple of weeks, I will repeat these scriptures over and over and over and over again. I'm going to read them over and over again until they sink in our hearts. So Paul says to the Corinthian church, you, because of what Jesus did, you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you read Romans chapter 5, we can start reading um, from from verse 14, okay? It says, nevertheless, death reigned through Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the multitude of Abraham's, after the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. Verse 15, he says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to men. I read that again. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to men. Verse 16, he says, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. In verse 17, he says, and for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in this in life through the one Jesus Christ. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And we can go through scripture after scripture and there is a difference between the righteousness that a man tries to end and the righteousness that God gives us by grace. There is a difference. There is a difference between us trying to please God and us trying to show God who we are and how, uh, how, how good we are. All right? And there's a difference between the righteousness that we receive in Christ Jesus as a nature. And if your heart argues with this, that is totally fine. Because we are used to, um, to love that is, um, what's the word? That is uh, transactional, that is uh, reciprocal. Yeah, I mean, what is the use of loving somebody who, who doesn't love you back? There's actually a song like that, right? But I'm just going to stay on my message. I'm very focused to this message. All right. And we're used to, if you love someone, right? It has to be that they have also behaved worthy of the love. Right? Because you love them, you love them, they, they, they take your love for granted, they don't pick your call, they don't do this, they don't do that. And it's just like, I can't, I can't do this. I didn't know why I came to Lagos. I can't do this. I can't handle this. Not at my age. Maybe when I was 18, but I can't do that anymore. You block them. You block their father, block their mother. (laughs) But (laughs) 
cousins, everybody, even people that have similar names. So we find it hard to deal with this whole concept that when God looks at man and he says, you're all right. In fact, I think I was, was it Wednesday? I was, I I can't remember. And I was saying, when you think about God thinking about you, is there anywhere in your heart that you can even process the fact that God is happy? Or do you think he says, (laughs) Moses, I'm just waiting for you. I've been looking at you. I've been counting your sins. You know I'm God. I'm giving you a long rope. But the day I will hit you. (laughs) Because we've been cultured to think of our fathers like that. Giving you one chance, two chances. But the Bible says that righteousness is a gift. Help me ask the person next to you. Have you taken your gift? Have you collected your gift? Have you collected your gift? But God is a purposeful God. The Bible says he gives us all good things for our enjoyment. And my question to us today, church, is have you ever bought a gift for someone who did not use it? Yes. I used the gift you gave me. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> and you, you, she gave me a Bible. And I use it. It's in my office. But really, I mean, and I, and I know no, most of you are not like me. But when I give someone a gift, I bless them from the bottom of my heart. And then I watch out. In hope that they would one day use the gift. And then, you know, after a while, you know, you're like, how's that, how's that, uh, that pen I gave you, how's it going? Does it write well? It's in the case. Oh, it's in the case, eh? Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, then two months later, you say, is it black or blue again? Remind me. You say, I've not really checked it. Ah. Mm. So I remember when I would travel, and you know, I like buying gifts. Spoil my wife. Gifts. Spoil gifts. And then, <laughs> she's not even here, so I can see what I want to say. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm the kind of person who is like, I unpack my bag maybe one, two hours after I get in. You know, it's like, that's I, just to make sure they didn't take anything out of my bag when I was coming, just to make sure everything is there. But then I give her the stuff. And then Pio has this, I don't know, this gift of patience where she now leaves the gift there. So after a while, like, girl, are you not going to open it? She opens it. I love it. Oh, she's, oh, and my wife is extra dramatic when she receives gifts. Extra dramatic. Agba people are like that. Extra dramatic. Oh, this is so, oh, my darling, you spoil me too much. Like, oh, just a gift. It's just a Rolex. Come on. What's, what's that between friends? All right. And, you know, it's like, what's in worship? You're like, oh, Lord, you love me too much. I can never understand how you love me, Jesus. You died for me. Then they're like, tell the angels, she's crying. Why is this? Because you died for her. So they really like the gift. And then after a while, I'm like, sweetheart, are you not going to open, <laughs> open the gift? Because, you know, and then she's like, but it's my gift. I know, but I bought it for you. You know. And then if it's a bottle of perfume, I'm like, but you've not... One day passes, maybe the first day I pretend like I have patience, and then the next day I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. Open it, woman, open it, you know. What are we, church, doing with the gift of righteousness? 
Paul says that those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Jesus who knew no sin became sin for us that we through that might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What are we doing with the gift of righteousness? And that is what I want us to, to discuss tonight. What should we do with the gift of righteousness? And Holy Spirit, we ask that as we look at a couple of scriptures and as we talk, that you will anoint our, hair, our ears, our lips, our hearts. Let no one live here the same in Jesus' name. It's like getting a new, the newest iPad. I'm not quite sure. I've lost track. For your grandma who's 84. You can tell all your friends that you got her an iPad, right? She can tell all her friends that her granddaughter, Rolly, got her this really nice thing. It looks like a flat television. They ask her, what do you do with it? So, well, it's very good for you know, fanning yourself. <laughs> it's heavy, though. And then sometimes, when I'm doing my makeup, I use it. And you're like, no, Grandma. You can use it to FaceTime me. What? You can use your iPad for FaceTime, right? I know that. Because someone said FaceTime. I'm like, yes. I, I, it's like, well, church, what? are we doing with the gift of righteousness? If this was an exam, it would be, what are you doing with the gift of righteousness? 50 marks. Explain with diagrams, examples. Help me ask the person next to you, what are you doing with the gift of righteousness? What are you doing with the gift of righteousness? God sent me to you tonight. Peter. Peter is just bringing out our list. I need extra paper. I can write. I'm healing the sick. Delivering I cast out 15 demons in Syria yesterday. Just wait for the rest of us, okay? <sighs> because when you receive righteousness, and, and that is important, that you must first get to the place where you receive it, where you stop trying to please, stop trying to be perfect before you come to God. Someone says, Lord, let me let me get a handle on X and Y. Where X may be equal to stealing or whatever it is that or Y is anger or it's all sorts. But Lord, let me get a handle on it and then I would follow you. God says that is not the way. He says, would you receive my gift? So we receive the gift. What should happen? Because sometimes when we teach about the gift of righteousness, um, we, we almost run the risk of making it sound like after you've received the gift, that is all. It doesn't matter what you do. It's fine. And that is not completely true. It is true that you have become righteous by the work that Jesus did. But once you have received that capacity, the expectation is that you are then supposed to produce fruits, 
keeping with righteousness. Um, in one place in Isaiah, remind me where it is, where it says that you should be called the planting of the Lord, uh, trees of righteousness. Isaiah 61. I, I, I thought so too. See? David, 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 see there? There? there. Huh? I may need you upstage. You seem to be in sync with this message, yeah? Okay, so in Isaiah chapter 61, what verse am I looking for, Quiju? <laughs> Don't let me down now. Come on, let's do this. Isaiah chapter 61. Um, he says, we're almost there, we're almost there, almost there. Where it talks about producers, you know, you'll be called trees of righteousness. Huh? Verse 3. Oh, fantastic. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's good. He says, the spirit of the Lord, from verse 1. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to preach the to preach, to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Verse 2 says that to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he might be glorified and i remember saying to myself earlier what do trees of righteousness bring forth they bring fruits of righteousness apple trees bring forth apples if you're walking by an apple tree and you see an orange there someone stuck it there okay and so when you read Philippians chapter 1 and verse 11, it says being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Fruits of righteousness. James 3, 17 all the way to 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace that was james 3 17 to 18 hebrews 12 11 says now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present but painful nevertheless afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Help me ask the person next to you, what are you doing with your gift? What are you doing with your gift? What are you doing with your gift? Are we like the person who is singing in worship constantly? I would never know how much it cost you, Jesus to die for me I, and we sing all the beautiful worship songs and we must because we are filled with gratitude but then we take that little gift or that huge gift and we keep it in a nice corner of our lives in fact just to tie this last this part together when you read second corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 i think it is second corinthians 9 10 um, Paul is praying for the church. He says, Now may he who supplies seeds to the sower and bread for food, he said, May he supply and multiply the seed you have sown. And this last part, I love it. He says, And increase the fruits of your righteousness. 
and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So we have been made righteous. It is a gift. And then there is a calling. So no one the Bible begins to talk about the working out of your salvation with fear and with trembling. I said that Christianity is a school of training and learning where it's almost like we are going through all sorts of education. So Paul will say in Ephesians 4, he says you have not so learned Christ. And that there's the introduction of the truth in the heart of a person who's gotten born again, received the grace of God, received the gift of righteousness, that begins to allow for fruit to come through. That we would learn new languages, as it were. Learn new thinking patterns. That we would regain the use of muscles that we didn't seem to know we had. And Sunday we talk about love. And I talk about why love is one of the most for lack of a better word, the most important expressions of Christian maturity. That one is a, yeah, that is, we'll talk about that on Sunday. So let's, 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 so what are you doing, Falabi, with your gift of righteousness? Emmanuel. Idris. So he doesn't say I don't call my name. This, Okay, let me, let me, a couple of thoughts, and, and I want us to pray. But I want us to be the kind of church that is, is making sure that when we show up before God, we are, we're saying, Lord, we used everything that you gave us. The, the ones haven't said, Lord, I know that you are, ah, you are, can be a harsh judge. He says, this thing you gave me, I buried it on the ground. Here is it. Because one of the things we must note is that God gives us things not just for ourselves. In fact, when you read Philippians chapter 2, 14 to 15, it says to do all things without complaining and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Because someone says to you, look, because you did not end righteousness, you should not think that there will be anything different between you and the world. That is not true. In fact, because you did not end it, right? It means you're not trying to please God. You're not trying in that sense. But that you understand that you have received it and you will use it to his glory. So when Paul explains in Ephesians chapter 2, um, verses 8, 9, and 10. It says, so that nobody would boast. So that when Kweju is doing, bringing forth all the fruits. So if Kweju was a tree, and I'm not saying you are a tree. Okay, don't text me later. To PR. You said I was a tree. I don't take light later. No, no, just, if Kweju, was that a metaphor or simile? Was a simile or metaphor? I never really understood. It's like a metaphor or simile, okay? <laughs> Kweju was a tree and we're walking past, we must be seeing all sorts of fruits. All sorts. So, but when we see them, they essentially are telling people, my goodness, God is alive. They're telling people, God is still walking on this earth. They said there's a crooked and perverse generation. And so the fruits that we bear as Christians must be different from what you see everywhere else in the world. 
what am I doing with, with righteousness? Um, let me mention three things and we'll pray. One is that I deal with guilt. I deal with guilt. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Now there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That we, we take this gift. It is the full payment, sir. And we, we show it anywhere the accuser of the brethren comes. Sometimes people will tell you to your face. Ah, but we know you in worry now. We, come on now, stop all this. We know you are singing now, but you know that when the chips are down, you're not better than us. In fact, they don't even have to tell you sometimes. Sometimes you are the one that tells yourself. So just cool down. At the end of the day, we are all sinners. Sinners. <laughs> sinners. It's just that some people's sin is bigger than others. preparing for this I realized that sin guilt is like a trap that sin uses to hold on to the human mind it's, and once it holds on so, and I find this happens to people in a, it's almost like a self defeating cycle because it says you are no good he says, no, now stop it now. Are you, are you saying that? Okay, so you, the lies you've told in this earth, they put it in a book. No. But you were a Yahoo boy now. Why are you, you in America? Because you've now come to Nigeria. Nobody really knows you. But you were a Yahoo boy, don't. Oh, no, ah, you had abortion. Abortion is, that's the sin. Because I, I, can't, I can't remember the way does it, God experience one Sunday. I can't remember how many abortions the lady said she had had. Even us as Christians here in this church. When she said, maybe, maybe she said, I had another one. Another, at the point, the church went like, ah. <laughs> like, oh my, this is a PhD in singing. Ah, no, this is advanced. So, so guilt holds the human mind. It says you are no good. believe that you are no good you produce what you believe a lot of people are held in habits because there is that whole circle of this is I am no good God doesn't love me I am not worthy I am broken I am battered God is going to just maybe he's dealing with the people in Asia first that's why it's not gotten to me but when he gets to me his real wrath is going to be So guilt holds the mind. It's like when you buy certain devices and let me let I know you always buy brand new. I know you buy a, a big boy, buy brand new. And when you buy those devices, they're typically wrapped in some film. Right? And you know you can't really use the device without it, with that film still on it. I know a guy who once bought a car. 
refused to take the, the, the thing over. So in fact, <laughs> he had driven it to the house. And then when he found out as a pastor, I said, okay, I would, you will pray over the car now and I would hear one. <laughs> I'm telling you, no lie. This is Lagos. I would hear one. And then he said, when my other pastor prays for it, I would hear the other ones. <laughs> so guilt stays over the heart. And when you try to express, use the gift of it, it says, no, stop it. It's not people like you. But the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Somebody say no condemnation. No condemnation. And so we remove guilt by readdressing our souls. The guilt must be stripped off to allow for the full functioning of the renewed human spirit. Like an envelope, we let the word of God rewrite a new address on the envelopes of our lives. You say to yourself, Tony, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am not who I used to be. I am now the righteousness of God. God loves me. In fact, he loves me more than he loves anybody else. Let everybody else argue. He's forgiven all my sins. He's put the Holy Spirit within me. When God looks at me, he is happy. And that, that thing, I will say it over and over again because there's still someone here. As I say that, you're like, no, Pierre, you don't know me. You don't know yourself, actually. When God looks at you, he is happy. I said, no, Pierre. I said, even my father is not happy with me. Even my boss, my boyfriend texted me before I got here. Not happy. The guy in traffic that I tried to destroy his headlight. Not happy. Somebody say it. Say God is happy with me. Somebody is still battling. Say it again. Say God is happy with me. God is happy with me. If I call your name and then say it. Dear Miladi, God is happy with me. So we deal with guilt. What happens as we, how do we use the gift of righteousness? How do we allow it find expression? That we find that we allow God by the help of the Holy Spirit places a desire and an ability within us to to do good, to please God. Scripture says in Philippians chapter 2, I think verse 13, that it is God who is in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so, what we find is that we allow God <laughs> to culture our desires. And desires are powerful things. In the book of James, when Apostle, when he talks about sin and how sin evolves, he, he explains that, look, it's, it almost starts from desires, loss that you have. He says, and when those things have found expression, it says it gives birth to sin. It says, and sin to death. And so, 
Hebrews chapter 5 begins to talk about a training that happens. It says that solid food, Hebrews 5.14, belongs to those who, by reason of use, it says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. How do I explain this? Okay. Um, if you grew up in a part of the country and you ate a particular type of food, some of us don't understand how you eat it. Yam and oil. You don't understand yam and oil? I forgive you. No, sorry. No, it's okay. Don't, let's not, don't argue, mother. I, I don't... We forgive you. We forgive you. People from our side, we forgive you. What else don't we understand? So, some of us don't understand Amala and Begiri. Oh, <laughs> we forgive you too, because beggary is that green niche brown. Is it green or brown? Yellow. Rolly, you know, Rolly, you don't understand. Rolly, you don't understand it, have you? you we, so if we tell you how we look at you guys when you're eating it, <laughs> oh, you don't believe us, but really, we don't understand it. God will give. <laughs> Oh, it's even better. Sometimes you get on a plane and you're wondering, is it a human being that's giving this food? What is this leaf? What is this stick here? <laughs> so I remember being in business school and then they will say, there's lunch and you rush there. You know, you'll know, you be going down the table praying, God, I beg, let there be chicken somewhere. Chicken, chicken. Sometimes you now see something that looks like rice but doesn't taste like rice. Some of you cannot still eat salads. <laughs> you still can't eat salad. <laughs> your desires and your tastes have been cultured from when you were young. <laughs> so they didn't use this to train me. <laughs> and it's amusing that when, before you get born again, but there are certain things you have been trained with. And then you think they are normal. You know, very few. I mean, the truth is, very few Europeans that come and see you eating this Amalang beggary and they say, oh, this is good food. No, they don't. They wonder, why? 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 Why are you doing this? Strange combinations of food some people eat. Some people tell me, oh, they eat rice, rice and no, rice and a, a goose seal. <laughs> hey, there are strange people here. Strange, strange, strange things. Is that there are strange? Because some of us, like, Emmanuel, you're like, you're like God. How? How can? <laughs> like, we can't do that. <laughs> some of us grew up with pizza, hamburgers. That's what we're eating. And so the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit begins to put some desires within your heart. And it begins to paint pictures within your heart. It begins to, re, it begins to point at certain desires that are still working within your soul. 
and say that desire, you know, for some place, for example, you would read in scripture, he says, the rot of man does not walk the righteousness of God. You cannot use the app of wrath to bring forth the fruits of righteousness. And you say, oh, really? And then you pray in the Holy Spirit. And then the times when you would combust and you would just go off and you would smash bottles, you would break people's heads and you can behave like it's not true, but we all know that this is not how you used to be. In fact, this is what we see now is not the real total you. This is your Wednesday you. Some of you, when people are talking to you outside, they move back. That he, he begins to... So, no wonder James, the book of James says, there is something called the perfect law of liberty. That when I look into it, it's like a mirror. And, and ladies, you know when you look at a mirror, it tells you, oh, you know, draw the line on the eyebrow, do a U instead of a Y, you know, that one of your eye, fake eyes, what they call the eyebrows, is not, it's lagging, you know, somehow, you shift it back, it comes off again. That's how when you look at the word, certain desires begin to spring up. The gift of righteousness, finding expression. It says you are, you have, you have capacity to love. It says where there is envy and strife, there's every other kind of evil. That is not who you are. It's not who you are. And little by little, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we begin to make all sorts of changes. For some people, it's an auto. The guy who used to say, look, I could drink 20 bottles of beer on the night. He begins to lose taste for it. The guy who could not go a day without one sort of sexual misbehavior or the other. Let's call it what it is. The guy who has been held captive and you have subscriptions for all sorts of pornography. You have passworded your phone. Nobody in church must see your phone. But all sorts of desires begin to die. All sorts of desires begin to die. What are we doing with the gift of righteousness? Jesus says to the woman, John chapter 8, after that whole encounter, the woman caught in adultery. It says, we are those who condemn you. It says, they've gone. It says, neither do I condemn you. It says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. John chapter 5 finds the man who is healed in the temple and says to him, Son, you've been made well again. John 5 14. He says, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Because sometimes when we teach that we have received the gift of righteousness as we are, we, we, we don't fully teach it. Tell people the truth. God has given you capacity to express it in such a way that you are bearing fruits of righteousness. When you read through Ephesians chapter 3, 4, Paul calls it what it is. He says, you can no longer do like this. You are bigger than this. It's not who you are. And so what even happens, you find that your conscience, so as you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, lead me, you will do certain things and you find there is, there is 
conflict within your heart. It doesn't sit right. You are running the wrong app. No, it doesn't sit right. And you say, okay, Father, I repent. I won't do this again. By the help of the Holy Spirit. It says those who have their senses trained by practice. So I check it against the word. I check it against the word. The Holy Spirit impresses on my heart. I mean, I know there are times, there are days, as I'm, you know, the day is proceeding, I just feel a heaviness in my heart and I know there's something going on. And I begin to play back the last couple of hours. And then it clicks. That time when I leaned out of my window and I told that downfall driver, you and your mother and your mother's mother, mother are blessed. <laughs> that time, that wasn't the fruit of righteousness. I picked an orange from the, from the road and stuck it on my apple tree. That is not who I am. So I bring it down and say, never again, not again. A desire and the ability to please God. And so we keep on telling Christians, would you consider not going to the place where they are selling wrong desires? Born again Christian. Why do I why would I feed my heart with a show where everybody sleeps with everybody? Everybody sleeps, everybody sleeps, and we're all laughing. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Why? Because when you wake up in the morning, your own body is now hot. But it's true. You're shaking, it's not anointing. You've gone to collect desires. So you come to the worship, you can't lift up your hands. There's guilt, but the gift of righteousness allows us to break the hold of guilt. And he, you know, I used to be a very angry person, introverted, but angry. I mean, there's half of the fact that I'm Benin, the other half of that I was angry. Just mix it together. And if you upset me, and I think I just learned that how we got upset, I would shout. You're like, oh no, Pia, you never shout. I shouted. A lot. A lot. And I think it was also one of the... Just to show that you are growing up, the ability to break things when you are angry. So hit things, boom! Ah, that day you got angry. <laughs> what am I doing with the gift of Righteousness. I curate desires that please God. I have the ability to do right. This is what I would say, and one more thing, and we'll pray. Is that people who have received the gift of righteousness should actually begin to look for works of righteousness to do. So scripture would say in some places, it says to find out what pleases the Lord. That you would look for someone to be kind to. That you would look for someone to forgive. That you would look for, you would, that you would actually look out for yourself to manifest the fruit of righteousness in various ways. In various ways. That you would look for habits that do not glorify God. 
and say, this one, you're ending here. I have struggled with you long enough. This, this lack of faith, this lack of patience, this lack of self-control. Some of you cannot see chocolate with your eyes. What am I doing with the gift of righteousness? The ability to please God. The ability to please God. The ability, and it's interesting, there's something called sin consciousness and righteousness consciousness. That the more you let it sink in your heart that I actually carry the ability to please God. I actually can do this. I am not a struggler. I am not trying to get into heaven by hustling. No. The Bible says about Jesus that he was on all counts tempted, yet without sin. So it means that I can be offered a million dollars and I can say, no, this is blood money. I'm not taking. It's Yahoo, Yahoo money, I'm not taking. Mm. 10 million, no. $11 million, no. He can be tall, handsome, French accent. Control yourself, lady. <laughs> and I can say no. She can be fair, long legs. <laughs> the woman of your dreams, plus, plus, plus. Exceedingly abundantly. Far above. And you can still look at her like Joseph and say, take my jacket. I am out of here. <laughs> Sam says, take my dreadlocks, everything. <laughs> but that I can live a life that pleases God. That I can be under pressure and I would not buckle. That I would not lie even if I would get hot. That I would not cheat. That I would do what is right before God. That I would do what is right before God. That I would not slander another person. Because I have the gift of righteousness within me. I didn't keep it in a shelf when I went out. I remember listening to a, listening to a, a book. And the guy was saying... There was some study where if they put people in a room to comment on, just look at, I think, two or three lines, which were, all lines were the same, but one was longer, I think. And they said, if you put just one person there and ask him, is that line longer? He would say yes. But if you put him in a room with, say, like 10 people, and I'm paraphrasing, and then you leave him to be the last person to comment on the length of the line, or if they're different, that, and you say the first, you tell all the other people, tell, say the lines are all the same. The more the guy hears, you know, all, all the same, same length, he begins to doubt. 
<laughs> she am the one not seeing this thing well. And they say, more often than not, when it gets to his turn, so that he will not look like the one who did not bring his eyes, he says all the same. But that when you receive the gift of righteousness, it does not matter how many people are doing it or not doing it, that you understand that I'm here to please God, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and that is why it's, it's amazing. These are people who the, <laughs> did not even have the kind of covenant that we have with God. They would say, look, oh God, look, we heard people have died making that fire hotter. But we just wanted you to know, in case you didn't hear us the first time, that we are not bowing down. Ah, God. Chocolates of us who have the gift of righteousness, all she did was to pat your back. Follow me. And you can't even speak in tongues again. Follow me is a strong man. You're not bowing down. You have the gift of righteousness in huge measure. Amen. And I, and I know that. Philip is a strong, good man. And you better get him married soon. Say, this is what my wife is always talking about. I'm always just drifting toward this thing. Sorry, Falabi. You don't want to marry now. You don't want to marry? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Falabi. I just really need to focus on my message. The last part, sorry, the last part. There are places bold people, there are places righteous people go. When you receive a visa, what happens? You start to plan to go there. An American visa, you start to plan to go to America. Chinese visa, to China. You, some of you are not planning to go to Spain because you don't have a Schengen visa. When you receive the gift of righteousness, you start to plan righteous works. You start. What plans have you made in righteousness? It says that they will be called the planting of the Lord, trees of righteousness that then bring forth fruit. Paul says that God will increase the store of your seed and cause the harvest of your righteousness to overflow. There are places that righteous people go. One of those places is the presence of God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, after man, after man fell, the Bible says immediately, they were hiding from themselves. They could no longer be naked and not ashamed. They would cover up themselves with all sorts of things. They would find leaves to make clothes. They would find filters to make their faces look pretty on social media. But that's another matter. And then when God showed up, my goodness, they went to hide. But when you've received the gift of righteousness, you stand in the presence of God with boldness. You have the audacity to ask questions in prayer. Some people creep into God's presence, stand in the corner of the kingdom, and then whisper, Hi, Lord. How are you, sir? I just wanted to greet you. I still tap the angel. Angel, please let me tell God that I passed here. God says you've received the gift of righteousness. It says you can come before the throne of grace with boldness, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the times of need. We don't talk to strangers, especially in Lagos. But when you receive the grace, the gift of righteousness, you can talk to God, your father. We don't ask strangers for more. You can't just text or tell the Lord, send me a million dollars. So I heard you are rich. Send me one million that you're not using, please. 
But those who have received the gift of righteousness can stand in the presence of God. I don't know who it is that's listening to me today who hasn't prayed in a while. Because there's a heavy load on your shoulder. And you haven't prayed. You haven't prayed. Song says, have you been to Jesus? Have you let the blood which has washed away all yours, have you let it atone for you? Have you accepted it? Someone needs to make new plans for their life. There are places that righteous people go. Someone needs to change the way they define themselves. Change the name that they call themselves. I know they used to call you all sorts of fancy nicknames because of who you were in the past. But you are not that person anymore. They said you were your highness because you used to get high every day. But change it, guys. Tell them it is not who I am anymore. I am a new creature created in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. All things have become new. 1 John 3, 2 says it does not yet appear as we are. But says give us a bit of time. Give me a bit of time. I have received the gift of righteousness. I might not have showed it to you yesterday, but I have received the gift of righteousness. I have received the gift of righteousness. Second Peter says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's Second Peter, right? Second Peter one nine. It says that we may show forth, that we may show forth, that we may show forth. Or one Peter, yeah, no, no, one Peter two nine or second Peter one Peter two nine. I think that's what I'm looking for. That we may show forth the excellency of Him who has called us out of darkness, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Our Father, we thank you. Our Father, we thank you. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not what I used to be. I have received the abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. 1 Peter 2 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It says, Which in time past were not a people, but are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. It says, Therefore, beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lust which war against the soul. I have received the gift of righteousness. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray tonight. I don't, I don't know what you have done with the gift of righteousness. I don't know if you've ever received it, the gift of righteousness. But I'd like you to just pray tonight over that gift. For someone, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I open this gift. For someone, it's saying, Lord, I realize that I, I have this gift now. For someone, the picture I have in my mind is like a remote control. And there's a channel that has been showing in your life, in your mind, in your experience, in your sexuality, in your finances, in your family. And God is saying, you have received the power to change what you see. 
I'd like us to pray tonight. Father, let the gift of righteousness find expression in my life. I'm a tree of righteousness. Let me abound in the harvest of righteousness. I receive by grace. And Lord, by faith, I use the gifts of righteousness. Let my light shine. Let my light shine. Someone else is praying tonight. Lord, let my light shine. Let my light shine. Lord, let my light shine. Lord, let my light shine. He says, you are the one who is at work in me, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Lord, let my light shine. You're all I Come on, church. Let's pray, sir. Come on, for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.